The Syracuse Basketball Podcast is back. It's Bobby Manning. It's James Zuba. Our final score, 85-64 Penn State. We are in Brooklyn together for once. Together, in person. We're out here in the bowels of the Barclays Center. Syracuse just lost its second game in three days to Penn State. The NIT tournament is over for Syracuse. They have three losses in seven games. That's the first time since 1997 that that's happened for this Orange team. And look at me, James, Mr. Optimistic. I saw it coming on the horizon that I'd be shot out of the sky in short order, and here we are at 4-3. and three. Whew, It's been bad these last two games. 80-plus points allowed defensively. Transition game, wreck them on Wednesday against Oklahoma State. Tonight it's the offensive rebounding. Ridiculous margin, 23-7. to And it's all one guy, really. Watkins for Penn State goes off for 11 against the Orange. And not a lot of answers from the team. They seem a little lost right now as a collective, as a coaching staff. And Bayheim's quote of the night is it's going to be a struggle every game every day struggle coming this season huh one way or another uh Syracuse might not be done with the NIT this season if this keeps up uh four and three like you said uh really poor defensive efforts uh on Wednesday night and on Friday night tonight and the rebounding battle like you said very brutal uh but Watkins he's a big dude man he's a really big guy we walked in the locker room (laughs) There's ice packs everywhere. Quincy's face was a little battered up. They were getting knocked around out there. Guys were hitting the floor all game long. And Syracuse had a few good stretches there where they tried to get on transition and use the transition three to their advantage. I think that's been one of their best attributes this year is Buddy and um, Joe and Elijah Elijah as well, getting the ball to each other in transition. And then, you know, as their coach said, they got back, they built the wall, found the shooters, and... A great defensive performance by them tonight all around. Yeah, not not much silver lining out of these past two games. But, um, you know, th- there have been a couple stretches where Syracuse played well. Uh, I think tonight, you know, Joe really fueled the run. You know, he got fouled on the three. Uh, missed his first free throw of the year, by the way. Uh, went two out of three there and then came down, you know, drew a foul on Watkins. Just went right at him, like no fear, driving down the court right into him. And then on the next play, gets the steal, throws it up to Elijah for the dunk at the other end, and it's a 7-0 run. That's what got Syracuse back in it. Uh, but re- there's really, you know, hasn't been much of a silver lining outside of these. Quincy did have a good game tonight, um, double-double. You know, Beheim said he's still still figuring it out, still doesn't really know what to do on the defensive end, but he rebounds it well. And I think that's true. I think he attacks the glass pretty hard. And, you know, that's, that's the best thing you could do if you're trying to find your way defensively and offensively too is just try to get on the glass and make an impact wherever you can. Uh, offensively, he still looks a little bit off, you know, trying to finish, and he's he's not really finishing shots. But I, I do think this this team is gonna it's gonna take time, like like Beheim said, and you know as 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 Quincy gets a little bit like you know a little bit more in rhythm and a little bit more in sync, I think those shots are gonna be makes, you know, middle of the season towards the end of the season, the shots that he's missing around the rim, he's gonna be able to finish through contact. And they're not able to grind games out the way they did the last few years, slow them down in terms of possessions. They're up around 70 a game, which is feels high for them. They, That's why you see the big point totals. They, they get run off the floor in transition these last few nights, and they did a better job getting back and really trying to hone in on getting that back line there before the other team can beat them there. But that was the problem on Wednesday is that likely there that point guard for Oklahoma State was running for layups over and over oh, again. Man. 
And, you know, that's where the, some of this does fall on the coaching staff. And we've been tough on them this year, reasonably so. It is a young team, but you have to make adjustments when things aren't going right. And this amalgamation of young team mistakes piling up, whether it's turnovers, whether it's spotting up without moving the ball, a bunch of different things. So at some point, a coach has to step in there and make a change. And they did tonight, getting yeah. Barama out of there. Barama was rough. He was a little sick tonight, as he said to yep. us post-game. Yep. And uh, Quincy does have a pretty good game in this one. So a good adjustment there. It's just down the stretch, they're falling apart offensively, and they couldn't find themselves. I, I don't know what you do in a game like this, though, because when you, you have Quincy, he, he did say that, that he was under the weather in Barama. Um, you, you know, I mean, not that you can really use that as an excuse. You still got to go out. But he said his body wasn't was feeling weak and, and wasn't able to move like it usually does move. So... I think that showed tonight, though. I mean, he only had one rebound, five fouls, and he just he had an awful game. Uh, there's really no way around it. But uh, I, I do think it's tough because, you know, Quincy's obviously playing well on the wing, but on the other side you have Marek, and who, who do you put in if you're not rebounding well? I mean, you know, we saw Braswell get some, some late minutes. but it was I too little too late to get he's, him integrated He's not going to be able to help you on the rebounds, though. And and I don't if, – if you're Syracuse, who else do you put in? Jess, Jesse's not ready for these types of games. I mean – I think both of those guys have great upside and you know great futures ahead of them. But for this type of game, I don't think either of those guys are really. Gonna I help think on the Robert bus. can help on extended runs. He plays that wing side on the he, defense very well. He can get rebounds if they bounce out that way. He was. I don't he think was, he can rebound in traffic though, man. I don't know. It was too late at that point for them to even know what he could provide. It. Where's he ultimately end with tonight? One minute. Yeah, he was in and out. He's like the, the Simpsons, the Simpsons hat. He was in, in there for Garrier <laughs> once, and then he came in again. I think it was thirty seconds apiece. So, what do you even see there? He makes one foul, and that's it. I mean, yeah. it was probably a good question that we missed why he was even thrown in there and what they were trying to get out of that. Maybe just save fouls for Quincy's sake. He only had three, but it is weird to not see a little bit more run from other guys if this isn't working, especially right. when you know he chalks up Shadibe's tough night to not even being able to jump. He wasn't jumping for the rebound. So if it's that yeah. bad for Barama, why not try a young guy like Edwards out there? Maybe it is worse. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think when Barama's your top guy, and he might even be better a little bit under the weather than, than, than Jesse at this stage of the game. Because I, I just I, I like Jesse, and I think he's got a great upside. And But he's, he's still learning, and he's still very raw out there. And you can you can see that. You know, he's just out of position and, you know, kind of gets pushed around a little bit down there. At least Barama's a bigger body down there, and he can – when he's healthy, you know, he can move a little bit. Um, I don't think he's moved like we saw, you know, in Italy this summer. I think that's when he was moving at his best, and not just because it was against lesser competition, but he, he looked really mobile out there. Things looked a little different then. <laughs> they, they he looked, looked like a, a shoe-in starter. He was <laughs> rebounding double digits. He was in his zone offensively out there. We thought he was going to be the second leading scorer on this team. It's not he looking still that might. Way. He still might. He could get there. But, yeah, you know what's funny? I, I actually looked at that today, and – I saw top three scorers are coming into tonight. Hughes, Bayheim, Gerard. And I thought about what we talked about in the preseason. And I said, if you would have told me Joe Gerard was the third leading scorer on this team, I would not have believed you. His emergence has been a surprise, and it's happened within the last few games since Jalen Carey went down for the season. But Gerard's stepped into that starting role. 
he's been a big deal in these past two games. The turnovers shot way up against Oklahoma State. Not so much of a problem tonight, but in spots they did swing momentum, two of them. One right after he made a diving tip to Hughes. Yeah. They were on a little bit of a run there, and then they get into a stretch where they miss four spot-up jumpers. You talked about this stretch. Two turnovers, three turnovers if you count that offensive rebound that Gary lost there. And then... You know, another misplay as well where their <laughs> offense was just shut down over the last, you know, five, yeah. six minutes of this game. So Gerard, they're centering the ball on him much like he's the go-to guy in the flow of the offense there. So he's getting the pressure of these offensive point guards. Wheeler tonight, likely on Wednesday, who was much more disruptive. So he's getting all of that, but he's not the center of the offense. They're trying to no. run it through three guys, Dolajai included, who hasn't, frankly, been aggressive enough. He makes a tough basket early in this game driving into Watkins. Probably should have been an early foul on Watkins. But Dolajai, you know, he passes it right up. And two assists in this game, only four attempts from the field. Beheim sort of indicated that he's not comfortable taking those shots to the outside the way he was his freshman year. Yeah, He's got to do more because it can't be all on Gerard. It just can't. Yeah, and just... To touch on Marek real quick, I mean, I think I think the finger injury this summer really hurt him in, in the shooting department because he doesn't look comfortable out, out there. That does you know, make shooting, a big difference for sure, yeah. and and from the free throw line as well, he's just not making free throws. But but more on Gerard, um, not not necessarily a great week for him. Um, you know, I, I kind of expected. I don't know what everybody else thought, but you know, I knew coming into the first game that he was going to be hounded on defense and he was going to face a really tough defender, and I didn't you know expect him to to have a great night. So, you know, Beheim said in the postgame presser, he said, hey, look, you know, he's a confident kid. He's usually a confident kid, but he's not, you know, very confident right now. And he's just missing shots. Well, hmm, yeah, he's missing shots. Where have we heard that before? Hmm, just, just missing shots. Yeah. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't make shots tonight, guys. Oh, yeah, okay, we didn't make shots. Oh, hmm, okay. There's yeah. always going to yeah. be missed huh. shots in any given game. What yeah. I do notice from him on his misses – and this is something coming out of Glens Fall, having the high school career that he did. A lot of flash in his shot attempts. Leaning back, all his three attempts, it feels like he's leaning back a little bit, getting ready to celebrate in transition. I saw him, you know, make a flashy pass to Hughes in transition. Yeah, Might have been against the Bucknell there. game. There's a little bit of flash to his game that he probably has to reel in and focus on the fundamentals a little bit because he hasn't shot well outside from three. He hasn't been an efficient scorer in the lane there. And if he's going to challenge defenses and make plays, one of those three guys has to be able to take it to the defense themselves. And he even Beheim even talked about Elijah tonight, not putting it on the ground, not getting into the teeth of the defense. Yeah. Someone has to go there. That's where Carey was going. Not succeeding, but he was trying to go there early against Virginia in some of the earlier games this year. And those three guys sense lots of spot-up shots. All right, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think... Maybe not a difference in the game, but do you think Jalen Carey would have had an impact on Wednesday. him in New York City? Wednesday. Wednesday is the night. He, they needed him in there. They needed a change of pace. They needed a little bit better ball security, which is something I feel like Carey was getting a hold of into the season and over the summer, especially in Italy. The turnovers weren't a big problem for him over there, and we right. can't harp on that because everyone was looking great. But you know, he was – trying the right things it felt like not succeeding at all he was getting blocked inside on a lot of these takes in there but yeah it'd be nice to have a guy who can give you a little change of pace in there because they don't feel like Washington can do it apparently he hasn't gotten opportunity in either of these games which are struggling 
And it's tough. I mean, yeah, he he played a little bit Tuesday, but he didn't get much. He only got like four minutes in that game. I actually I talked to him after the game, and you know he he said it's it's really tough. You know, obviously like coming off the bench, and he admires like guys that do it in the NBA. How you can just be ready, you know. And it's it's a really difficult thing when you've you know, you've been sitting on the bench and you're cold and you're trying to come in and you know find your rhythm. That's a big problem for them right it's now. Tough. They're yeah. trying to get Bryson going in that role, yeah, and he's, he's really had a tough role. time with rhythm. Turnovers big problem for him right now, and Quincy too. There's just not a flow and feel to the game as he comes off the bench that he exhibits there, and how we're talking about it as well. It's been tough for them. They got the extended yeah. run against Bucknell, weren't even able to show things there in a 51 point win. So that's gonna be a big area of struggle for this team all season. Is when the starters aren't getting it done, they don't have a lot to pull on. And no doubt carries out of the fold now since we last recorded hmm. he has ha- ha- finger surgery hmm. and he's not an option for them going forward forget the long term hmm, unbelievable hmm. Hmm. Can't, can't believe he had the surgery hmm. it's interesting i don't even it's, have it's words really interesting i don't even yeah. have words for that because can't believe it hmm. we all had high hopes for him never mind you know going forward with the program we'll see where that goes but no it's interesting he plays two games and then he has a surgery hmm. that's that's interesting and he suffered yeah, it over the summer hmm. yeah it's weird I don't know why that would happen. I have no no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Things are funky around this team right now. There's a there's a weird vibe to them too. You don't see a ton of communication on the court visibly. You don't see a lot of these guys talking to each other in the locker room after the game and you know, we're not in there right after, but Yeah. It's I'm 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 willing to not read it. Just you know just just two losses this week. Like after a loss, everybody's just like dour about their movie. They just want to get out of there, get interviews over, so I don't know if I read into that too much, but there were there were a few instances this week where you could you could sense the frustration. Like Wednesday night, you know Elijah, you know he's kind of yelling at guys like, "Come on, like let's go, let's go," and you know you could sense the frustration after Wednesday night as well. I just said, you know, we got to show some toughness on Friday. Like that's what we got to we got punched in the mouth and we got to show some toughness. And you know, anytime you lose, you're going to be frustrated, and you know you're gonna. You're obviously going to be upset, and you know, in the locker room, you just you don't want to do interviews, dude. You want to, you just want to get out of there and call it a night. You don't want to like talk to people about it. You know, yeah. you're obviously upset. You lost. So. Elijah, especially, he's really down after these losses. Tough yeah, to he get take, a lot take out of him. Heart, he takes sure. it very tough, and him especially. Rightfully so. He's the leader of this team. He should. And it's you frustrating know? to lose on defense on the boards because, as everybody said in there. You just look back and say, we had to hustle more. We had to get in there. We had to grab that positioning, and we didn't. Yeah. And that's really what lost them this game. Dude, how would you feel if you went out and you dropped 28 points and you still lost by 14? He was amazing. I'd be be so upset. I'd be like, what do I got to do? He's doing his thing from a scoring standpoint. He really is. It's just they need a playmaker. And they don't have one right now. They have scorers, Agreed. they have shooters, they don't have a playmaker. And it's disappointing to not see Marek step up in that regard. I know he's only a secondary guy, but I had big hopes for him. We got to talk defense. We got to talk a little bit more about rebounding. And then, of course, the road ahead next week. But it's Thanksgiving, so I'm sure you tried something oh, man. out of the bottle. <laughs> do you oh, have man. a lineup? No, I, d- I didn't. I no. Didn't. But oh, the, yeah. the other weekend, I did you have gotta do some your homework. Noir. I, I got to do some more wine drinking, apparently. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving, I had. You don't even you, have to you, drink you'll, you'll it. You can just this. sip it and spit it out. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Are you ready for this one though? Yeah. Thanksgiving, I had Boston Lager. All right. Yeah, Boston. 
You can talk to John about that. I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I don't know beer. For those people listening, like all six of you, I, I don't really know beer. So I, I dabbled in beer early in my college career. I think I'm early throwing it out the career. window. Like light beer. Anyway, light. anyway, I had a. I'm not in the business of free advertisement. I don't remember the brand anyway, but Cabernet Sauvignon. I don't know. You like the Pinot Noir, so you're on the lighter end of things. I like that heavier, fuller taste, and. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried the whiskey barrel ones, bourbon barrel wine. It gives it a great burst of spicy flavor that I just love. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna pretend I'm like a sommelier and know all about wine, but I, but I do like the Oregon Pinot Noirs. Uh, anybody looking to you know maybe get give me a gift, Willamette Valley it's Pinot Christmas. Noir. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, you know, s- send me a bottle of wine. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Win me over. Send me a bottle of wine. Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, and yeah, I like the medium-bodied wines, you know, a little bit more on the, the fruity side. But, uh, yeah, that's that's it, man. Yeah. You're working hard with your sources, really trying to butter them up. With my sauces. Even during the holidays. Multiple sauces. Yeah, you're going overtime trying to get to these guys' good side, make no sure you have the scoop on everything. No and so you pulled a veteran move on Wednesday and gave Oklahoma State's <laughs> coach a water bottle. Uh, we we got to talk earned, about this. You earned a follow on Twitter out of it? Dude, the, all right, so – so for those that, that don't know the context, Wednesday night after Syracuse loses to Oklahoma State, we're in the presser, and Mike Boynton comes in right after his players. So Oklahoma State comes in first before before Bayheim, And, you know, he comes up to the podium. There's nothing up there, no waters, no Gatorades, no nothing. He looks to the room, you know, the, the organizers of the event, and he goes, you know, can, can I get a bottle of water? And everybody looks at him like he's got eight heads. Like, what's going on? Like, wh- where do we find a bottle of water? Where is that? What is that? Can we find that? Is that anywhere? <laughs> I know. There's not a fridge so, around the corner. you know, me being the nice guy that I am, you know, toot my own horn over here. It's all right. I had an extra one. I hadn't drank out of it. So I walked up there, and I, I gave him my bottle of water. And he goes, man, Poland Spring. Like, I haven't seen one of these in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> And he's he's from Brooklyn, and I don't know if they don't have Poland Spring out at Oklahoma State or wherever he's been the last twenty years. But he must be using the Brita. Must be, must be on the Brita. The Brita's driving me crazy. Or something there. I, I I need a lot of water, especially after athletic competition or drinking. Okay. You know, you need a lot of bottles, and the Brita just Facts. moves too slow. So I definitely keep up on. Uh, you know, again, not going to sponsor any company here unless they send me a few checks, but many different brands of water bottles I keep up with, and I do recycle them, so don't worry about that. Bobby likes the water, man. Hey. After the interview's done, after he's done, you know, giving the presser, he walks down, and I was sitting in the front row, so he walks down, and he looks at me, and he goes, thank you very much for the water. He goes, what's your name? And I said, you know, my name's James. You're welcome. And he shakes my hand and says, thank you very much. Then afterwards... I get home, and he sent out a tweet, and I tweeted back at him. And then once I tweeted back at him, he followed me. So Mike Boyton is now following me on Twitter. Shout-out to Mike Boyton. I know you're not listening, Mike, but, you know, shout-out to you. Top 35 team now in Kempom. They're winning 34-15 to at the half in the title game just outside of the locker room here. Wherever we're in, we're in some sort of classroom in the back of Barclays. Yeah. The Celtics lost here earlier today. I didn't make it for that one. Maybe if I did. A lot of L's, man. Uh, yeah, double loss day here in New York. Celtics play the Knicks on Sunday, so maybe I'll get it back on that and over at MSG. You can't can't lose to the Knicks. That that won't happen. <laughs> I think I think Duke still has more wins at MSG than Knicks than the Knicks do. 
Is that right? <laughs> I think I'm pretty. So. I'm pretty sure it's pretty bad. They've been really bad. Yeah. So is Syracuse, <laughs> unfortunately. They're on to Iowa on Tuesday. Who I don't know. I haven't been watching a lot of them. What do you expect out of Iowa on Tuesday at the Dome? Uh, Iowa lost to DePaul, but DePaul's actually kind of decent this year. Um, didn't they just lose somebody for the year? They lost one of their. They players. lost their depth big, their backup big man. Is uh, is Bohannon back? Yeah, he's he's out for a while too, right? The yeah. Point guard. Yeah. So the, you know their primary big is another bigger guy who can defend the rim, which is a problem. The way Syracuse isn't getting the penetration and you know kickouts that they need right now offensively, I still think that's the biggest lag on their team right now but the zone is too to some degree because you're giving up 80 points something's not going right with the zone I know one thing I notice is a lot of guys shooting over the top of defenders you see it out front you know Battle and Howard aren't out there they had great experience getting out and defending shooters Bayheim and I haven't watched a ton of Gerard in this regard but sometimes Bayheim looks a little behind getting out to the shooters and of course that was a big yeah, reason they lost in the tournament last year Garrier Bayheim ripped into him in that regard. Is that the problem right now? Getting out on these shooters, defending that three-point line—that is always one of the tougher parts of that zone. Uh, I th- I think it's has a little bit to do with it. I think the bigger theme coming out of this week was was the rebounding, and I think that really showed against Penn State, who's just a you know beastly team inside, and they're going to be able to kind of have their way on the boards. Obviously, you know when you play a two-three zone, there's no blockout responsibilities, as we know. We talked about that ad nauseum. Anybody who's followed this team ever for any point of their lives knows that, and it's a phrase that gets repeated often. But it, but it is true, you know, that when you're in a zone, you kind of turn and you look, and you might have multiple rebounders crashing from the same side, and it's easier for guys to just go and find an angle and, and get on the offensive glass. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the bigger problems. I think the problem Wednesday night was a transition defense. Um, you know, the, the turnovers a little bit led to some fast break points. And people don't understand, like, one thing, you know, if you're not making shots, then you don't get a chance to set up your defense. So it's almost like a catch-22. It's like you don't get to play good defense because you can't set up good defense. And when you're missing shots, it compounds. So it's it's kind of difficult. But I think the biggest thing Wednesday night, you know, was, was letting Oklahoma State get out in transition. And the biggest thing tonight was letting Penn State get on the boards. The good thing, though, across the board is that college basketball does seem pretty leveled out. There's a lot of opportunity for teams to beat each other, and maybe they can pick up for some of the lagging that they've done in non-conference later down the road against the Dukes and the rest of them. Duke did lose to... I can't even think of the team's name. They were way down there. Dude, they almost lost to Winthrop today. Yeah. They were losing to Winthrop earlier today. Who did Duke lose to? Uh should add that ready. St. Joseph's Austin or something like that. That's Steve, not Stephen right. Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin. Stone Cold yeah. Stephen F. Austin. Man. There you go. You had That's the name. You were leaving Cold me hanging Stephen there. <laughs> it took Ugh. me a second. Honestly, I forgot. And then you said something and I just remembered it. It's so. been crazy across the board. I mean, Georgetown was there with them at halftime. Georgetown's been competitive this year. They're going to be a tough one coming up for Syracuse. Some of the other schools that they're seeing in non-conference, well, Bayheim was right. It is going to be an everyday struggle. Who for do you this think team. will follow first, Barama or Omer Yurt Seven? <laughs> they, they both follow like it's going out of style. <laughs> Barama had been better with that <laughs> he, before he tonight, yeah, and he, you know he, he even started the season pretty well offensively. It was twelve for thirteen to start the year. So I'd rather him getting the blocks and making an impact defensively. But he was getting involved. He was catching passes, and even early in this game tonight, he was. 
all right, it was he's just one play, but he catches the ball, he possesses it down low. Even if he's not doing anything, he's just moving it on. That yeah. moves the defense a little bit and frees guys up. Yeah, for sure. He he did have like the nice tip in off the the Gerard miss layup tonight, but yeah. he's he's got to be better. And you know, I think he would admit as much. But you know, he's if if Syracuse is going to be good this year, he's going to be a big reason why because. Nobody else can really do what he does from the center spot. And as, as much as Marek is good in there for the offense, and, you know, obviously Marek hasn't played his best yet, but as great as he is for the offense to kind of go with five five guys out there who can score, Barama is really going to have to do it defensively and anchor that zone this year. I think that's going to be key. If Syracuse is going to turn the corner, that's going to be a big reason why, along with getting the freshman up to speed. We talk a lot about this team in terms of just three-point variance. Like, they're going to have great shooting nights. They're going to have bad shooting nights. And that's sort of a simplistic way to look at it. I actually view it as they're really not going to have many good three-point shooting nights if they're not able to funnel the ball inside at all. I don't think any of their guards are ever going to get to a spot where they're consistently penetrating. Maybe Elijah does. But honestly, I think the only way this team turns it on and figures it out is if Dolajai is able to get into the low post area and kick it out. Quincy's able to start possessing the ball better in there. They're going to need some sort of low post possession, I think, to break up this slog that they're on offensively. Because the shooters aren't good enough to just spot up in isolation. I mean, we're seeing it. The yeah. shooting numbers have been awful this week. You're just going to pass the ball east to west instead of going north-south, and then you're going to shoot contested threes, and that's what we've seen. And I think that's where really having Jalen Carey would be helpful because he's a guard who can beat his defender off the bounce and make him respect that and then drive and kick. You know, Joe and Buddy is as great of shooters as they are and as, you know, smart players as they are and all those things. They're not necessarily the quickest guard, but Buddy more so than Joe. Buddy's Buddy's able to kind of get to a spot and pull up and he can hit that shot. He did that tonight, but he's not going to blow by you. He's not going to blow a guy by with his quickness. It's a brutal development. Yeah. It's hard. It's, 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 it's hard. It's not easy. You know? And this team wasn't preparing to do that going into this year. They weren't playing point guard by committee on Italy and in the preseason. Hey, man. You don't devalue a guy like Frank Howard. That's all I got to say. I hope people don't <laughs> looking at where they're at right now because that at, was steadiness at what did. Look at what Tyus did, too. I mean, you know, we said all preseason and up to this point, Syracuse is going to be a team that's not overly relying on a guy to go one-on-one and go get a bucket. Well, that's very valuable. Syracuse is missing that right now, having a guy that's able to go one-on-one. Obviously, you want to run better offense. You want to get better shots. And, you know, Syracuse has done a great job. I think they're still among the, the leaders in the nation in assisted field goals. So when they do score, it is off an assist. It is off of, you know, a pass or a guy making a play. Their transition game but, is good, especially the transition at threes. They get a lot of space right there. They, they send do. guys out, but they have to get stops, and they're not getting a lot of stops right now. And I guess that's one thing you can look at with this team and say, if that zone develops, if these guys who haven't played in it a lot yeah. start to get a hang of it, Barama included well, in overlong stretches, they're going to be able to get more of those funnels out in transition and hit a lot more threes they're going to be a much better team in that regard when they're no playing doubt. that kind of offense and, and as you said you can't get out in transition when you don't you don't get stops well you can't complete a stop if you don't get a rebound how many times tonight do we see second chance points or even third chance points getting kicked out for three and now you got to start they penn state they scored they can set up their defense so now they're set so you know syracuse they can get out in transition but when they've done that it's usually off of a rebound well it's more more often than not it's been off a of steal or off of somebody making a play or a loose ball. And then other times it's been, you know, secondarily off a rebound. But 
it's very hard to get out of the break when you let the other team score and rebound all over you. I'm confident the defense can come along as the season does. In bigger games, in small possession games like this one was midway through the second half, I don't know if the playmaking is going to be there in the half court. I think that's something that's going to be missing all year long. But if they can rack up points in other ways, hopefully they'll be able to build leads and not be in those situations as much. For now, I know Kevin was talking about NIT already. <laughs> Are you losing right. hope on this season already? Or do you no, see things turning no, around I, a little bit? No, I, I expected this. I, I, was, I don't know if you've been following along with the Noons predictions. I'm 5-0. and oh, we, we missed the one weekend. When there was a football game, I'm five and zero on my predictions. I predicted the Virginia loss, and I predicted these two. So I I expected that. I don't know if people, you know, have higher expectations or, or thought that you know this team was going to come roaring out of the gates. Um, you know, I didn't think that that was impossible. I thought it was possible. I think we talked about you know this team maybe hopping up in the rankings a little bit if they took care of business against Virginia. But no, I I expected this, and I think. You know, when you have a young team, it, it takes a little bit while to figure things out. And, you know, as we see with the freshmen right now, it's it's hard. You know, it's hard to come in and adjust to this level of play and, you know, these type of athletes and understand the, the level that you need to be at. So it's it's hard, and you have all guys in new roles. And I think as great as Elijah has played, you know, he's he's done great, and he's in a leader, leadership position now. And everybody else is taking on a bigger role than what they had the previous season, if not a completely new one. So I, I kind of expected this, and I, I'm not losing hope. You know, I think this team can still make the tournament. It's just, you know, you lose these games, and you just got to win a few games, and you got to, you know, start to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And it's a long season, and as we've seen with Syracuse, this is par for the course. This is where they've been the past, really, five seasons where they've dropped these non-conference games. Not like that. And then this. they turn it on. Although, you know, I, you don't have Virginia there at the beginning, so maybe we talk about this as a 4-2 and two rather than a 4-3. and three, But Look at that. They went 0-2 in, in New York City last year, and they turned it on. Obviously, that situation's a little different with Frank. You also don't have Jalen, so you do lose your point guard in both of those scenarios. Or former starting point guard. In yeah, they case, essentially lost Carey in that regard once conference came around anyway because they just sat him down and didn't even turn to him in that. It's just going to be tough no, to talking, play. I'm talking this year. Like, you lose yeah. Jalen for this year. You lost Frank for last year, who was the starting point guard. Then you lose Jalen. You know, granted, he lost his starting point guard position. Yeah. And then he comes in. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, this is a very hard puzzle to solve for them. Fortunately, I think Quincy turning around makes a massive difference and he did take strides tonight that's probably the only positive we can take out of new york is that he rebounded well Mm -hmm. he got the finishing down just a little bit he gets to the free throw line at a high rate he works in there yeah he works in there and they've been bad as a free throw team which would even say to that everything's just compounding itself at this point and it's frustrating to watch it's frustrating for those guys Tuesday, does it turn around a little bit? You've been on fire with those predictions. Let's hear another one. Oh, man. Uh, i got to do some more research on Iowa. <laughs> Don't put me in that spot. All right, yet. we'll have that on Tuesday. Yeah, you put me in that spot with uh, Stephen F. Austin. Stone get Cold you. Stephen F. Austin. I didn't put you on the spot. <coughs> I just had it I just had it ready. You reminded me, and I had it ready. So. All right, Syracuse, uh-huh. Iowa, and ESPN2, some more national TV action. December 3rd, we're into December now. Syracuse is 4-3 and three for the first time since 97. Hughes playing well. Gerard making plays at point guard, struggling to shoot. Quincy in the bench, still trying to turn it around. Free Lost. Braswell. I like that. Big I man like Bobby that. Braz, free my man. I got to stick up for my bobs. <laughs> 
Hey, one, from one Bob to another. All right, we'll yeah. see you late next week after that Iowa game. For Bobby, for James, this is the Syracuse Basketball Podcast. Thank you.